And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the Trackstar Sports main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Andrea KGB Lee. That's right. UFC, I believe, featherweight women's combatant has been in the news a bit lately. I think it was last month around the 4th of July. She made news because a picture that she took at the lake celebrating surface which showed her husband Donnie Aaron with a tattoo that he got in prison uh, of a swastika and he said at that time that he normally wears a shirt so that it's not seen Uh, he's looked into having it covered up but uh, there's no way that it could be done where it doesn't look crazy so he has just left it Andrea stood by her man and and said all those things that, hey, if you knew him, you would know that uh, that's not who he is. And and we have people of other ethnicities as roommates, you know, so no, no, he's not. um, He's not like that. He's a changed man. Fair enough. However, there are some things that don't change as easily and unfortunately Andrea and her husband Donnie made the news again this week but it was due to him in a drunken rage based on the eyewitnesses account attacking Andrea and trying to burn her and he may have burned her with a cigarette Now, if you are familiar with people suffering from domestic violence, people suffering from physical abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, oftentimes they'll cover for the abuser for a myriad of reasons. One, there is a love tie that's there. And though they are hurt by that person, they don't want to see anything happen to them. Secondly, if they don't handle things properly, depending on how things turn out, it could be worse for them. You know, if they told the truth and he was released of his own recognizance, she would have to pay for being honest. So who knows how, um, whether or not the Nazi thing still has anything to do with his life. I mean, True enough, the person I witnessed who gave an account of everything was Andy Lee. I'm sorry, Andy Wynn, who is a Adam Wade fighter out of the King of the Cage organization. And uh, her nickname is the Crazian. So she's the crazy Asian. So, you know, yes, uh, does he associate with people of different ethnicities, even having them live in his house uh, because she is one of them yeah um but unfortunately the violent the violent tendencies that often go along with those ideologies uh he still suffers from and unfortunately especially with all of this 
there was yet another roommate who allegedly put their headphones on when this happened and said, this happens all the time and I'm just going to let things go on until you all figure it out or I'm not getting involved. Uh, Aaron's father and someone else tried to restrain him, tried to keep him from doing it, but nonetheless, uh, things happened. I pray for Andrea Lee and I pray for everyone in situations of this nature no one should be subject to abuse, especially at the hands of the person that they love and pledged their life to, especially with it being a woman receiving this from a man. Uh, the Bible states that a man is supposed to love his wife above all things, even given his life for her. He's supposed to be the protector of her body, not the one that puts her body and puts her life at jeopardy. Supposedly she ran out of the house without shoes on and he was upset because he made her run out of the house without shoes uh, again. All of this is from the eyewitnesses account. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to mymmanews.com. They're the ones that have that record out there uh, to be read. Anyway, praying for Andrea, praying for Donnie, too. He needs help. He needs help. Uh, anyone who will do this needs help and needs the Lord's help. And Andrea surviving this definitely needs God's help, too. So praying for them. All right, let's move on to some lighter news Oscar De La Hoya, that's right, the golden boy himself, filed for a license to promote MMA in California this week. And the fight is scheduled for November 24th, which I believe is the Saturday following Thanksgiving. De La Hoya has talked about this for a while. He has spoken to and at least gotten verbal agreements from Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell for a trilogy fight uh, which nobody's asking for but we're getting anyway and people are going to pay for it. My question is who else is he going to get to fight on this card? Now listening to some of my fellow MMA correspondents specifically the MMA beat today he threw out some names of free agents such as Eddie Alvarez. Now, that's a really strong name. And I don't know who else between now and then is going to be up for contract negotiations. But for fighters, this is really, really good. Anytime you can get anyone else in the game with uh, money with pool with power it makes for a more even playing field so we'll see who he gets uh who else he gets to fill out this card but he has filed for the license and is moving forward to have this fight take place in a little over three months time now one thing that they probably will not have is the stringent testing that's done by USADA because the UFC is the only one that employs them 
for that purpose right now. And there have been some things going around on the social media sites. Uh, and I got a chance to see it myself of a report of people who have been tested for uh, or by USADA. Now, no one on the list has been tested more than twice. I saw Anderson Silva's name at the top of the list being tested twice. But what makes things just very, very puzzling and questionable is that John Jones was on there and he was tested. But this was just recently. John Jones has been suspended by USADA and the UFC for failing yet another drug test. This time, he doesn't even have a clue where the substance came from that got in his body. He had to take a polygraph test because they tested all of his stuff, couldn't find it there. But yet he is positive for both the A and B samples. And he's been suspended. He's not fighting. Hasn't fought in right around a year. time. It was August of 2017 when he fought Daniel Cormier. And you are just now testing him? We still don't know what USADA's ruling is going to be. Uh, I don't think they've even given the initial ruling, much less gone through the appeals process. So we're still waiting to hear what's going to happen. But you got this person who is under suspension. They've only been tested one time this year and effectively only once within a 12-month period? What's really going on? And God forbid his name pop up as the headliner for UFC 230 at Madison Square Garden. Oh, and you're just now testing him? A man that has had two, counted two failed drug tests in a row. Two fights or two attempted fights Two failed drug tests. What's going on? Failed uh, at UFC 200. Failed at UFC 214. One drug test? Come on, you sider. You got to do better than that. All right, fight fans. You know what comes next. Time for the old one, two. Now, last week, I talked about how Tevin Farmer was calling out the money team's Javante Tank Davis on social media. But what I found out right after I posted the main card was that Tank was doing some calling out of his own. And he was calling out Bantamweight champ TJ Dillashaw. He said, yeah, uh, whoever uh, Cody just fought, I want to fight them. Now, Tank has been saying for a while, ever since... Mayweather and McGregor had their fight, which again, Tank is under Mayweather's promotion company. He's been saying, I want to fight MMA. I want to fight MMA. I want to, I want to go cross over when I'm done with boxing and fight. So now you're picking a fight with the champ. Now, what most people think the true play is, is that 
Tank wants to fight sparring partner for TJ Dillashaw, which is Vasily Lomachenko. Because Lomachenko, I mean, Loma is big time in boxing. He's doing his thing. Uh, one of the powerful pound best that's out there. So by way of association, he's kind of calling out Loma, keeping his name in the minds of Loma's camp by calling out his sparring partner. You know, it's it's always gamesmanship involved in the fight game. That's why it's a game, because you do have the mind games that go on. But a uh, nice way to keep your name in the press tank. Uh, not only are you getting called out, but doing some calling out and calling across uh, the aisle into MMA, something that you're not going to do. I mean, come on. That's not going to happen. It's just like Floyd saying that he's going to fight. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. But good way to get your name out there and keep it out there. And he's learned uh, very well from his mentor in Floyd Mayweather. Now, speaking of Floyd Mayweather and the May-Mac fight, because we are approaching about a year's anniversary time of that fight taking place. Well, to commemorate that, Conor McGregor put out uh, some sp- the sparring footage or, or tweeted out regarding when the day that that was leaked. Uh, and that got social media going crazy. Uh, Paulie got out there and was talking about, you know, you a bum and Connor is going back and forth with him. Now, could this be Connor setting up his next big payday post UFC 229? Quite possibly. Quite possibly because many people, including myself, after seeing the footage and after hearing about what happened, even before seeing the footage, when Polly went to the camp and they sparred and then all of a sudden Polly wasn't in camp anymore. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Well, what happened here that he's gone so quickly? Then kind of comes out with his side saying, He's gone because I was putting a whooping on him and he don't want to get whooped by me. Then we see the footage and see some of the uh, quote-unquote knockdowns and different things uh, that took place and that happened. And that was like, hmm, interesting, very interesting. Uh, And a fight that I would not mind seeing. I think it would be much more competitive. Well, I can't say that. I can't say it would be more competitive than Mayweather McGregor because McGregor landed more shots on Mayweather than anyone has. And Malinaji is a volume fighter. He's a fighter who has a lot of movement in his game, always moving, coming in and out, uh, pot shotting, catching angles, and things of that nature. Connor is a plotting fighter. Would he be able to cut off the ring properly? So that he could get to Paulie. Don't know. He did it in sparring. So uh, who knows. Uh, but that's a fight that I'm sure uh, the casuals and hardcores 
would love, well, the hardcores wouldn't love to see it, but the casuals would. And having the casuals looking at it, that's where the money is. And um, yeah, I'm sure that's a payday that could happen and may happen in the future. All right. There are some boxing fights coming on this weekend under the umbrella of ESPN on ESPN 2. Coming out of Indio, California, you have Andrew Concio and Darden Zanuja. They're fighting 10 rounds at Junior Lightweight. The co-main event for that is Yoshihiro Kamajia taking on Greg Vendetti. That is also a 10-round fight, uh, but at Junior Middleweight on Big ESPN come Saturday, straight out of Atlantic City. And it's a lot of fights. I just got to pause and say, it's a lot of fights that have been taking place in Atlantic City. Back in the day, it was a big town for fights. I remember fights taking place in Boardwalk Hall all the time. One of the fights that really put Floyd on the map was when he fought Arturo Gotti. Gotti would fight at Boardwalk Hall all the time. But when he fought Gotti at uh, Boardwalk Hall and just demolished him, that's really where the money Mayweather persona took place. Or that's where it really took off. So, again, lots and lots of fights uh, have taken place there in the past. And there's been quite a few fights as of late. New Jersey has put some money into Atlantic City. And they're giving some stipends and things to different entertainment properties to come in and host their events there. So, you're seeing a lot more fights there. The UFC was there not too long ago. And Frankie Edgar was able to live his dream of fighting and competing in Boardwalk Hall, as did so many other people that were from the New Jersey area, including Jim Miller, uh, who fights this week, I believe, on the UFC. Well, not this week, but on the UFC's upcoming card. Anyway, I digress. That's MMA, not boxing. This is the one, two. Lots and lots of fights have been taking place there, and this fight is going to take place there. Uh, PFL also was there on this past Thursday. They'll be there again in two weeks, so Atlantic City is getting some fights. Um, on this card, you got Brian Jennings taking on Alexander Dimitrico. Yeah, I, I bun- or bungled that one. Don't think it'll be a lot of bungling going on. This is a 12-round heavyweight affair. Will it make it the full 12? We don't know. Um, But that's going down. And the co-main event for that, you got super middleweights in a 10-rounder, Jesse Hart and Mike Garavonsky. All right, next up, we'll talk a little Bellator. Coming to you live on Paramount Network from the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, is Bellator 204, headlined by Darion the Wolf Caldwell. 
coming in at 12 and 1, taking on the 12 and 3 Noah Neo La Hot. Caldwell is the Bantam Weight Champion for Bellator, but his belt will not be on the line. Why? Because they're fighting this fight at Featherweight, a weight class above where Caldwell normally fights. Caldwell has five submissions and one KO. Lahat of his three losses, two of them are by KO. Will fighting at a higher weight class allow Darion, because he's not draining himself so much, to have more power, to possibly hurt Lahat? We don't know, and we won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. One thing we do know is that Lahat has one more KO and submission victory than Caldwell does in just as many victories. Again, I suspect this is going to go the distance. Both of them have uh, a lot in common as far as their records are concerned. Uh, Caldwell is a world-class wrestler, whereas Lahat, he's very well-rounded and has been in the game quite some time. What's interesting is that they both have technical submissions within their past five fights. If you don't know what a technical submission is, it's a submission where the opponent doesn't tap out, but something happens that causes the fight to be over. Either, uh, let's say they're in a choke and they pass out, that would be a technical submission. Uh, we know that the technical submission that um, Caldwell had was a bit different. It was over former champ, uh, the baddest man on the planet. He got a technical submission on him, which is Joe Warren. Sorry, just couldn't think of his name uh, really quickly. But the baddest man on the planet, Joe Warren, his technical submission was that uh, Joe uh, screamed out in pain, uh, which he did that with uh, champion or former champion, at least, uh, Eduardo Dantes as well. Anyway, it's rumored that with a win, Caldwell will fight for the 145-pound strap versus Pitbull. The co-main for this fight, you got undefeated Logan Storm Storley, who is from South Dakota. So he's fighting at home, the hometown boy, taking on 9-7, and seven, AJ, the mercenary, Matthews. Not McKee, but Matthews. Now, AJ Matthews is a 10-fight Bellator vet, but he's got a 500 record under the Bellator banner. So really, especially with this being a home fight for Storm, it looks like they're just feeding him up, or I should say feeding him someone that he can get a win over, look good, and make the hometown happy. However, six of the nine wins that the mercenary has are by stoppages due to strikes. And that could be just the kind of test that Storley needs to prove that he's ready to take his competition to the next level. And this will be contested at welterweight. Now, the voices marquee matchup 
for this card. And it's a fight that has so many different implications. Is 10 and 1 Ricky Bandejas taking on the undefeated 7 and 0 James the Strabanable Gallagher? This will take place at Bantamweight. Now, of the seven victories that Gallagher has, all but one of them come by submission. Which doesn't bode well for the fighter out of Britain, New Jersey, as the lone blemish she has is due to submissions. However, Bandejas is the former CFFC interim champ at 135 pounds, and he trains out of Canton MMA in New Jersey with the likes of Marlon Marais, Corey Anderson, Edson Barboza, Frankie Perez, I mean, killers that he's training with. So, even though he did get tapped out, I don't suspect his ground game is that bad, especially looking at his record. Uh, He's got a fairly even approach of his 10 victories. Six of them have been by stoppage. Of those six stoppages, split right down the middle, three KOs, three submissions. Gallagher, he trains out of SVG Ireland the home to the notorious Conor McGregor. Gallagher also has fighters close to his weight that he's able to sharpen his skills against. People like Artem Lobov, Makwan Amerikani, recent tough alum, Richie Smullin, and the list goes on and on. A piece was done by Mike Bond of MMA Junkie, and in that piece, the Strabanable said, as for, uh, and this is regarding his layoff because he hasn't fought in about a year. He was supposed to fight on the card in Dublin. He was supposed to headline it, and he was hurt, couldn't do it. Before that took place, though, he was out for another six months or so leading up to that. So he's really been out of it. He's been kind of down because he can't fight. You know, when fighting is your life. And fighting is everything that you want to do. And you can't do the very thing that you want to do. And not only that, but that's your moneymaker too. Yeah, that can lead you to a very dark place. And while he was going through this difficult time, he talked to the king of Ireland. And definitely the king of SBG uh, Ireland, which is Conor McGregor. And this is what he had to say. I see him every day in the gym working hard and he's helped me get through it Gallagher said he helped me prepare for how bad it's gonna be he said I would be down and going through those testing times and this is a quote Connor you're gonna be you're gonna be face down and wanna throw everything out of the window but only the best stick it out I don't know about you but that motivates me when the chips are down when everything is on the line the only people who make it are those who have the tenacity to stand in there man and I'm not a Conor McGregor fan but I love that motivational statement so, uh, salute to you, Connor, on that. Hey, that, that's a great sketch. Got me ready to go. 
Anyway, Gallagher normally fights at 145 pounds. He dropped down to 135 pounds. Why? Because he's angling for a shot at the title at 135 with the headliner, which is Darion Caldwell. Uh, Caldwell's going up looking for a shot, and Gallagher's dropping down looking for a shot. Again, a lot is on the line in this specific fight, and that's why it's a forces marquee matchup. The curtain jerker for Bellator 204's main card pits undefeated under the Bellator banner and undefeated overall because he's only had two fights. But man, he's made a name for himself so much so he had to change his nickname. So the fighter formerly known as Speedy Taiwan Claxton is now Taiwan Air Claxton. Look him up online. You'll see why he changed his name. He'll be taking on someone else who also had a recent name change, though he did this legally in changing his last name. He'll be taking on Chris Sunshine Lencioni. This will be contested at featherweight. Again, Clax is 2-0. Lencioni is 3-1. These two fighters got into it at the ceremonial weigh-ins if you want to see it uh, go to trackstar sports on twitter and on twitter it's trackstars with a z uh, at the end four stars and then sport with just the t no s uh, due to some limitations that twitter has on our handle anyway it's out there at minute 13 you see everything go down. I mean, yeah. Uh, Claxton could barely stand on a scale for the ceremonial weigh-ins. Was running, getting in Lencioni's face. They were jawing back and forth saying things that good Christian men like myself don't say. But yeah, they were going at it and definitely built some heat from that. That's the kind of thing that would normally make for the Voices Marquee matchup, but that Bandejas and Gallagher fight has so much riding on it that I couldn't change things. Uh, plus, got some other reasons for that, but you have to wait until next week and listen to Aftermath to find out why. But if you want to see what happened with that, as well as all the other weigh-ins, uh, Bandejas and uh, Strabanimals, weigh in was kind of uh, memorable too you can go check that out it's on twitter track star sport hey you know your man the voice tries to keep you with all the information that he gets gotta keep the streets fed gotta keep the fight fans fed with that good news about all of the wonderful sporting events in combat uh, sports is taking place All right, fight fans. As always, man, the voice likes to give you a bit of a sound off, sharing with you how to keep up with Track Star Sports and all that we've got going on here. Of course, you can like the Facebook page. I already gave you the Twitter handle. Uh, IG is Track Stars Sports. So the whole thing, 
on IG. You can get new content on a regular basis. And really, the first place that you'll find it is on anchor.fm. If you are an Android user, the easiest way to hear TriStar Sports and all your favorite podcasts is by downloading the Podcast Republic app. Because you can subscribe to TrackStar Sports and whatever it is you like to hear. And whenever those episodes are released, bam, they're right there for your listening pleasure. A lot like uh, Apple Podcast, which is what I use on my iPhone. So you iOS users, you can subscribe to TrackStar Sports there the same way. Also, make sure you join the Debate Fuel Facebook group because we love to talk to you about sports. Whatever sports, whatever your sport is, you can make your voice known and talk all about it with us in the Debate Fuel Facebook group. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the Trackstar Sports main card, and I'm sounding off. Fight, kill, fight.